If you're looking to start a podcast, the best place to start is Anchor. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit the podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's easy to do everything to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello. Um, I, I've just said it before, but I miss you. And I want people to know that I miss you. It's been far too long since we talked to each other. It's been, it's been a minute. And for the first time, for the very first time, we get to look at each other's faces while doing this. And it's wild. I'm not gonna the worst part is seeing myself, honestly. <laughs> well, I'm in a little corner, so I don't get to see a whole lot of myself. But listen, today, unless I just switch these movies around, today we're talking about, oh, you know what? I didn't do it. This is required watching where you watch the essential films from the list of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. I'm Trey. I'm Danny. Uh, and you today we're talking. Seeing my face. I was completely distracted. Uh, so I have nothing up. Actually, we're talking about 1971's Dirty Harry, starring another, none other than our guy, our favorite racist. We're only talking to a chair. No, I I actually have very little memory of of Clint Eastwood in my life. I remember there was a point about five years ago, like when he like I think he used to put out like a movie every other year, every three years or whatever it was. It was around like, the same, like, directed, produced by by exactly Clint Eastwood, and I was such a, I was such a fan then. But then something about his old like crotchety nature was like, nah, I, don't fuck with this right now. His, his characters I mean. became too real. <laughs> Far too real. Like, so, to, like I like Gran Torino, but there's too many moments during that movie where you're like, I think this was improv. I think this is just. I haven't heard of half of these slurs, and they're coming off his tongue way too easy. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I expected to get a few n words in uh, in Dirty Harry, and we got like one, if not two, but none. I think none from him. Anyways, if you don't know. This movie is about a madman calling himself the Scorpio Killer who menaces the city and tough as nails, San Francisco police inspector Dirty Harry Callahan is assigned to track down and ferret out the crazed psychopath. By any means. By any, you, know, you know why they call him Dirty Harry? Why? I don't know. I don't fuck it. I was going to have a really great joke. I was going to have a really great joke and I fuck I, I just messed it up. I'm sorry. But I, I, I just want to start by saying I love I love the few times we're like, and that's why they call him Dirty Harry. Plays by his own rules. Plays by his own rules. I, mean, do you, do you, I, I actually thought Dirty Harry was about a dirty cop. Yeah, I think I always confused it with the other, the Western Clint Eastwood movies. Yes, yes. Because you did pick this movie. <laughs> Because I didn't realize it was like, I, I just, all his roles blended together. I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I haven't seen, again, I haven't seen many of like Clint Eastwood's earlier films, but I feel like they're all the same. Like in yeah. terms of his performance, like his performance, I feel like is all the same. Like I don't I think there's ever a role where he cries or says, I'm sorry. I would love talks for to his- <laughs> Or talks to his mom. I would love for there to be a movie where like, it's his, it's his only crying scene. Clint Eastwood goes to therapy. 
<laughs> so I was also shocked to know that this was a part of a five movie series. Like I just, I, I knew these movies. I just didn't know these movies all went together. In my mind, I was like, why is he just doing the same guy over and over again? But he's literally doing the same guy over and over again. Which, which is why it's confusing with the westerns because <laughs> I just looked it up. But the western, he doesn't. His character doesn't have a name. It's the man with no name. Great. But that's also like a five or six movie series. Yeah. So it's just the Venn diagram is two circles. Exactly. It should be. Gotcha. (laughs) Of course, the series we're talking about is Dirty Harry, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, Sudden Impact, and The Deadpool. Now, of all of these movies, Dirty Harry, Magnum Force, and The Deadpool are the ones that I know of. And in fact, I was going to suggest The Deadpool of the Clint Eastwood films, but I'm happy I didn't. Is it? Are they like standalones or do you have to I watch them? I do not know. I don't know. Wikipedia says there's one character besides Clint Eastwood that, that transfers over to three the first three movies. And that's Frank DiGiorgio. And I don't know who that was in the, in the film. I believe that was that his partner. No. Nah. So here, here are some of the things I had in mind when I was reading, uh, sorry, when I was watching, <laughs> when I read about the movie, the first one is like, yeah, like, like there was an N word here and I'm trying to figure out where in the Genesis of Clint Eastwood in Clint Eastwood films, did this just become a part of the, of like his life? Yeah. He's like, this is where it started. This is where it all started. Listen, this movie in some ways feels so dated, and I was I was kind of okay with it. Like, oh, it was, I'd say right off the bat, it is a fun, bad cop movie. Oh, it's so like good. Like a cop that plays by his own rules. You could have my gun. All I care about is getting the bad guy. <laughs> good for, for that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, listen, you, you touched on it right there. Was this the first? Like, did this create the genre? Like, it's a five series, uh, a five movie series. Yeah. Like, this has to be the movie that created it all, right? Like, of all like the cop, cop tropes and buddy cop tropes that we end up getting way down the line, this must be the beginning, right? I don't know. I feel like maybe, but also that character has been around for probably as long as <laughs> cops have been around. It reminded me of Death, uh, Death Wish. That Charles Bronson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie. Except the thing that I think Death Wish has over this movie is that he genuinely doesn't care and is like not a sympathetic character whatsoever. I do. Wait, do you think that Clint Eastwood is a sympathetic character? Uh, well, at least he's like got the quote unquote greater good thing behind him. Like he's trying sure. to get a serial killer. Sure. Death Wish is just like, I want to go on a rampage. <laughs> now, were you a fan of these kinds of movies growing up? Because I feel like I feel like you're in the camp of like, and I mean like old, like older cop movies. So I feel like right now, if Die Hard came out right this second, I'd be right at the door. But Yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't see Die Hard until recently. Oh, that's true. Probably, you should, wrong person to talk so, about. So, so I'm not a fan then. <laughs> not a fan of I hate the cops when I will. I hate them now. <laughs> see, I, I remember like, I remember these movies coming up when I was younger and not liking it then because it looked old and I was a child and I want to watch cartoons. But then I remember like all the other movies that I watched and I was like, there's no way this felt dated 
because it, it is like it, what is it like i said 71 there's yeah. no way this felt more dated than like beverly hills cop or whatever i was watching from like the 80s like you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's, it's a, it feels really weird like just in, in retrospect it feels really weird about what i was attached to as a kid and what i was like no that looks far too old for me to watch there are there also is so many 70s 60s and 70s like cop and crime movies that i'm trying to think of some but they all blend together like they all are dirty hairy in my mind right now but see maybe like, maybe they are maybe like, I, I, but like what i'm trying to figure out what this genre is because it's not just cop movie and it's not just like it's not a buddy cop movie either right but like i'm trying to figure out what this kind of movie is called to try to figure out where this genre kind of began and what what really sparked it because i think as a, as a whole ugh, to get into like cops and media but as a whole we like cops because we like we like that they're the good guys and like you said like the sense of like like we're, we're empathetic because they just want to find the, the bad guy and like despite maybe losing their job or whatever the case is but i don't know i can see this movie being remade now in the current cultural lens of how cops are seen yeah and it'd still be the same movie but i think when this came out it was more like it's a good thing that he's breaking the rules Right, 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 now right. they can make the exact same movie with the same beats, yeah. the same choices, and everything, and it'll be like, "This guy's a fucking <laughs> asshole. He's gonna get fired quick." But, but, but let, quick question: Why in the world does he have a magnum? Like, what, what, like, how is that? That's not, that's not, that's not police force regulated. That's not a regulated firearm. It also seems very inefficient. Only six shots. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm seeing, I see cops, well, not American cops, but I see cops, I got security who have guns, who have like the full on like revolver and like a belt with, with bullets in it. And I'm like, oh, if, we're, if we were in a standoff, this would be the most inefficient thing ever. You know, reload from your I bullet. keep mistaking it with the man with no name because he's using a fucking revolver in 70s San Francisco. It makes sense. Well, again, the only person. Never, never explained why he's the only person who has this gun. I'm glad so, they, they put that at the six shots line at the beginning. So then when it comes again, you're like, ah. I, I was going to ask you this. I was going to ask you this. I was going to ask you how you felt about it. I didn't feel. Well, first of all, I was like, damn, this movie is a classic because it it was like it, this line was not not the movie was classic because of the line, but like this famous line was said five minutes into the. <laughs> That's why I know it. But like this this line was said five minutes into the movie, and this is why people love it. And then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, this line's definitely gonna come back. There's no way this movie this line is not gonna come back. For a split second, I was like, wait, is that it? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like if going back to Die Hard, if he was like, yippee ki like as he entered <laughs> the, the, the building, you're like, wait, that's what everyone's hyped about? <laughs> Dirty Harry movie? I feel there's like he's no, got it. There's no way. He has to. There's no way. <laughs> Why make a movie if you're not going to say that line? <laughs> I'm looking it up now. Hold on. Before, before I look it up, let me just, where are my notes? Where are my notes? So I, so, okay. So I, I wrote down Urban Cowboy. And he he very much it very much seems like for whatever reason like he's he's like what's this title it's like chief inspector or something like that but like what yeah, what? what does that mean thingy. what does that mean what does that actually mean because he's just he's just shooting people up on them streets I didn't like that the bank robbers in the beginning were black because he just straight up <laughs> straight up took like he was suspicious of the of the black guy in the car and I know yeah, there was, was a like, reason there was a guy in that car before that bank <laughs> yeah 
And, and, like it, it felt like the whole ashtray thing happened, not ashtray, but like it was because of the, cir- the cigarette butts that he was putting out the window. But it felt like we, we as an audience saw that after we knew that he was suspicious, like he was already suspicious and we weren't clued in why yet. Yeah. It felt, felt hella racist and he just shut up all those dudes. So like, let, let's just talk about, I guess, the crime itself. There's a sniper on the loose. And I'll be honest, this guy's a great shot. Good shot. <laughs> this guy is shooting people from what feels like forever away in swimming pools. In the park. No, no, doesn't care at all. And then, he, and then I feel like it gets kind of white. Like it, it felt very, like black and white. Like like I knew what I was getting myself into. But as the crimes kind of went on, I was like, wait, this movie's still going on. Like that's the the my favorite thing about this movie. I think <laughs> I, I might I might give away my answer at the end right now. But I think the redeeming thing about this movie was how badly they fucked up the case. <laughs> and just completely they were like we have to let him walk because you're a bad cop yeah yeah and that's like halfway through the movie and it's like damn this dude is out there and now he's gonna sue he's gonna pretend to get beaten up by dirty harry it's like oh wow this took a turn i mean i, I honestly damn i wasn't even talking about that aspect i was much more of like i was much more of like yeah even even before that i, I can't think about exactly what it was even before that i felt like there was some fuck ups where i was like what what, what, like what's happening and even as to, to speak about this point i think that uh, even as clint eastwood's like went into his house and like kicked his ass and did all this stuff i was like okay like all right we got we got him we got him he's gotta go I've, ne- I've never felt more duped in my life and i've seen this happen a million times i was like oh wait what he has to walk like, and see, oh there's still an hour left of this movie i i actually legit thought i legit thought uh Oh my gosh. Sorry, I'm checking my phone because I'm an idiot. But I legit thought, I was like, okay, there's going to be another crime. There has to be another crime. This case is over. A copycat, maybe. Yeah. Because there's actually no, like, this guy is a wimp. Like, 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 there's nothing formidable about this character as a psychopath, right? Which makes it even better that the only reason they don't have him is because Dirty Harry did not do his job. <laughs> like, you didn't read him as Miranda rights? I learned that, like, middle school civics class. Yeah, right, right. What is going on? What is happening here in this movie? But I like it because it adds a tiny bit of reality to this crazy, off-the-rails detective. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, good, there are some circumstances, there's some consequences in this reality. It felt, yeah, it, it, well, exactly. I, I think, yeah, I, I think, I, I think that was really good in order to make the world more real. But then, you know, the, the final showdown with the final showdown with the, the school bus and children, I was like, come on, bro, this, this doesn't feel like your MO at all. He's standing out of the overpass and just jumps on top of the bus. Jumps on top of it, and I was like, "He's a you know superhero what? now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "I'm fucked with this." He somehow knew where the where the where exactly where the bus was going. Oh gosh! And you know what? I, again, I'm with it. I'm I'm with like his rogue nature. You finally get the line again. You know he what? I'm, I'm gonna while the guy is, has a child hostage oh and doesn't gosh. think and twice the... about it. Okay, so not only does he not think twice, the murderer, the, the psychopath. First of all, what's this kid fucking doing alone? What's it, what's he doing? Just fishing by. What is this kid doing? Not, so not only is this kid taken hostage and Clint Eastwood with 
with his powerful gun, the gun that we continue to hear about, a gun that we all know when we're playing Call of Duty, we like as a pistol, we want this gun because this gun's going to blow a hole through someone. So <laughs> I don't get how he's such a great shot, but he's a great shot. He Like this kid is free and then he just runs. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need, <laughs> as, a, as a fully grown adult, I'm like, no, no. If I was that kid, I'm sticking around to make sure I get some fucking paperwork because the city's going to pay. Well, I'd also be like, uh, are you a cop? Because you've shown no idea. <laughs> are you another serial killer? Clint Eastwood, you know, again, says his line. I'm going I'm to I'm find the line. Let's see if it still holds up. I know what you're thinking, punk. Did he fire six shots? Or did five? I say the N-word five times or did I say it six? <laughs> the answer, I'm going to say it a lot more. <laughs> so, you know, the bad guy picks up his gun. Clint Eastwood kills him. And I mean, listen, it's the end of the movie. And what... The most surprising thing about this to me, this ending, is he throws his badge into the water. And I didn't think his work life was so terrible. We kind of allude to, like, he, he essentially needs to get a better fucking life. But what's up also, with Also, they gave him so many second chances. Right. Does he really think that they're not going to give him another one? Yeah. Like, they kept, he fucked up time and time again, and they're like, <laughs> hey, do you want to be the bag man this time? Yo, <laughs> Don't kill him yo. so you can drop off the money. We'll trust you with that. I, I feel um, like at the end of the movie, if he was like, hey, I killed him, they'd be like, we don't like it, but all right, you're back. I, I think you described the first scene of the next movie. <laughs> it's, it's him fishing for his badge and then being like, I guess, like, do I still have a job? Hell, like, as long as you retrieve your badge, you're good. It's, it's really funny. Listen, let's let's wrap it up. There's really not much... Actually, before we do. Before before we do. Because I know I am the one making this a shorter episode. But what do you think about his partner? Oh, a fine cop. Sorry, I, I did not preface that with any information about what my thinking was. What I mean is, I think this could very easily turn into like a buddy cop film. And I think for about 15 minutes, it was. Like when he's a bag man and his like partner's out on the streets. Mm-hmm. First of all, no, why does he, I don't understand, I need, I need a police-wide, country-wide, like, memo. If you don't have a, if you don't have a partner, what the fuck is up with that? Like, why, like, why would any cop not have a partner? Also, why were the higher-ups, like, you brought your partner? Like, wouldn't they, of all people, want this madman cop to have <laughs> some sort of checks and balance? <laughs> Uh, apparently not. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I understand this bit, but, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed this cop. I enjoyed the cop. That, I enjoyed that he wasn't a dumb cop. I enjoyed that he actually helped out, in, despite like being taken out of the game. Like, you or know what I mean, despite being partnered with, yeah, yeah seriously, I, I really, I really had fun with this and the, the turnaround that it had. So, why don't you start on the wrap up, my guy? Uh, I will say, I haven't seen a dirty or i haven't seen a clint eastwood movie probably since i was like a little kid because i feel like they were always on tv it's yeah. not surprising that he talked to an empty chair at the republican national convention <laughs> do you remember that he talked to an empty chair and he said like obama's sitting in this chair and he just started like berating it uh no and i this don't movie remember kind of really sets up that reality for us that's so funny yeah, it's not required. <laughs> I don't think so. Wow. It's a, it's a fun movie to see a difference in time, to see America in the 70s. True. It's our, place. our view on cops and the law and taking things into your own hands. But I don't, 
think it really aged well. And honestly, I don't know if it's an age problem <laughs> or if it was <laughs> just not. Like, I wonder, I, it probably was the same in the 70s. The attitude um, towards, like, I don't think anyone was like, yeah, this guy gets it. Right, right. I think, I, listen, I think there's a time and a place for it. I think I think there is a moment in which these movies clearly have thrived a hell of a lot. Like, there, like there's no reason Hollywood is spending five movies worth of budget on a series that isn't making money. It's profitable. And I think, again, we want to feel safe. Like, the 70s were a radical time for one reason or another. Like, many a reasons, of course. And I think, I think collectively, as much as we like, like, you know, our generation is going to be known for reviving and sustaining the whole comic book thing because we feel, we feel safe, because we, we like escaping. I think this was certainly that era's thing, you know, cops and whatever. As much fun as I genuinely had, I really had so much fun with this movie. And I think if you just want to, I think, like you said, as kind of like a time capsule, if you want to go back and watch this, you should. It's fun. Is it required? No. Will you learn anything about filmmaking? I don't know because I don't think the way we look at cops and like a, a cop movie now, the co- like like the the genre as a whole has evolved so much. But I think if you're trying to find something that is re- representative of like classic cop movie, this is for sure it. Some would refer to it as the cops and killer genre. Okay. That's the subgenre I am unfamiliar with. <laughs> exactly. Okay, gotcha. I am clearly not a cop and killer person. I'm a buddy cop person all the way. Paul Flar any yeah. day. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think there's. I think there are actually like like Dan. Just like you said, I think there are much more innovative ways to to display cop culture in the 21st century. I don't think it'll be as fun for this movie to have come out right now unless we put some sort of spin on it. I'm sure there are cop movies out and that have been out for the last couple of years that just don't make as much impact. Like the fact that we, and what was it? The last, last, maybe not the last thing, but like training day was, was a masterpiece because of what it does for cops. The most recent one I could think of that I like genuinely enjoyed was the Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena one. End of watch. That was, that was but it's good because they're not, they're sympathetic at sometimes, but then they're also like, wow, these guys are f- assholes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's I, good, I, it, it humanizes. It's a very nuanced take on cop movies. But I think, you know, to go to uh, another Clint Eastwood joint, I think I think like, that's why American Sniper was such, it's, it was controversial for a lot of different reasons, but I think that people enjoyed it besides enjoying Bradley Cooper was because it wasn't like I'm a Marine or I'm a like a military armed forces person. I, I, I don't know officer, but it was like, here's an actual portrait of what it is to be a human in the world. And I just so happen to wear stars and stripes. Mm. I feel like I'm fucking this up, but you get what I'm saying. So no, not, not at all required. And I've been talking for far too long. So with that said, let's close this bitch all the way out by saying, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with other peoples in your life, post it on the social media, and of course, leave a rating and review this bitch. To catch all the latest from us, listen, catch me out. Oh, no, what's our, what's our, what is our Instagram handle? It's required watch. That's required watch. Do you? Do you, punk? Dude, I have not. Uh, yeah, my Instagram is trey.eps, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, a weird, it's, it's a work in progress. Work in progress. Where are you at, Dan? 
I'm at Danny Tavern on everything. Listen, thanks so much again. Oh, listen, go to our Patreon. We have a Patreon at this point. That's that's fun for us. Are you going to catch a whole... Listen, join the club. You get a membership card, which is fun. Dan, I will send this to you. This is the first time Dan's hearing about it. And and you'll get some extra episodes where we talk about some other classic films that may not be on the main show. And I mean, that's it for now. I mean, just follow us on Patreon. If you're a filmmaker, look, go to our website, submit your short film, and join us on our show. There's a lot going on with this damn podcast. Listen, I'm done talking. <laughs>